Hello and welcome to The Direct View, a podcast by Unilumen. I am your host today, Tyler Kern. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. Today, we're discussing LED applications in corporate lobbies, and this is a topic with a lot of really interesting avenues for us to explore. And so joining me for this episode are our two subject matter experts. We have Ryan Wilhelm, Regional Sales Manager at Unilumen. Ryan, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thanks for having us, Tyler. Unilumen is a LED application products and solutions provider dedicated in LED product development, manufacturing, sales, and after-sales service in domestic and abroad. We are happy to have Ryan on the show today. And also joining us is Frank Molesky. He is the Southeast Area Director for Scenario. Frank, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, I appreciate you having us. Absolutely. And just a little background on Scenario. They are a service-focused audiovisual unified communications and IT solutions provider dedicated to the intelligent integration of products and services to create high-value systems for our clients that improve communication and efficiency. So guys, as we start off and kind of launch into this topic of talking about LED applications in corporate lobbies, tell me about the growth that you've seen in the use of LED walls over the last several years in these spaces. I started on the industry about 10 years ago, and I started in the AV integration world, and we were putting in a lot of the, um, I'd say, video walls with the LCD screens, right, where you get the bezel edges and everything. And about two years after that, I started seeing a trend where people wanted a seamless look in these lobbies, and we're working with a lot of corporate real estate management firms, uh, similar to like the Jones Lang LaSalle's out there and the CBREs and and, and they were like, we need to, we have, we work with a lot of building owners and they want to make sure that we're keeping current with the technology so that we're not losing anything here. So what we did was we started ripping out a lot of that older technology and saying uh, the older kind of a, a look that they had, and they would put in a seamless look in there and, th- and they found out that it was customizable. And um, I would say probably back, what, 10 years ago, Frank, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, it was maybe 90 3% was those video walls, those old video walls, and maybe 3% was LED. And then uh, the other, you know, 4% was, hey, whatever, like projection system or something. But then all of a sudden we started seeing a trend about four or five years ago, maybe six years ago, that where it went, okay, now LED was starting to take over because they could customize these uh, lobbies to make them more current, but also they can make it as long as they wanted, as high as they wanted. But then they were also thinking, wow, I can change the content on this and make the content's infinite. If I put static art in this lobby, oh, there, people will just walk past it once. It'll get dust. I might know what it is. But if I can change the content and keep it relevant and then add solutions like Frank's, uh, they do I add more solutions in there like audio. So it uh, captures more senses and they can maybe do something where it's interactive, where they add a. Uh, a connect system or some kind of motion system that controls the content when they walk up there. Now we're getting an interactive display. What really intrigued me was a lot of people back, you know, 10, eight years ago, I just want digital signage. Well, what does that really mean to you? Well, that meant a lot to me. I mean, because I was like, you know, what is the, what is the experience you're trying to get? Because now you're trying to engage and attract your, your audience. And it's really the experience you're going to get. Um, and, and that's what we've really seen a trend going in, in, in moving in that direction. We talked about working with architects and getting early on this, but these, these building owners want to keep fresh because what is really important to them is occupancy rates. So if their occupancy rates are at the 40 percentile, but if they renovate it, keep it current, they can attract more companies in there. Sometimes the leasing tenants don't want to do it, but there's options. I know Frank and I were just discussing a lot of those that we, there's out there right now. So I don't know if that answers your question, Tyler, in a 
kind of long-winded way, but... <laughs> No, I think I think that's a perfect answer. And, and and Frank, tell me a little bit more from from your perspective, just how you've seen the growth of LED video walls, you know, in the last several years in these places. Yeah, I think we saw a, a market saturated by a buzzword, right, being digital signage at, at one point, and um, we often found that there were uh, you know flat screen uh, displays or TVs, you know, hate to call them those, but. Uh, you know, peppered around a facility to deliver some kind of message. Um, and I think uh, anyone who's been by one of those and has either seen one that has been black uh, with nothing on it uh, or just had a uh, weather ticker or something of the some kind of foul PowerPoint, um, that was really the trend for years. And I think in uh, some premier real estate locations, it was starting to be reimagined uh, as we had uh, more flexibility and more custom uh, customization uh, with LED uh, and some of the trends in the market. So uh, we've noticed that it's not only being asked for, it's usually being budgeted for. Um, we are still facing some inherent challenges with, you know, who is going to own it and what it is going to show and uh, when it is to be refreshed, you know, right, to keep it current. And um, so people are, you know, repeatedly engaged by it instead of, you know, just the day that the building opens. Um, but yeah, we've, we've definitely seen the trend of, of less custom artwork, less fountains and less TVs and more of these custom, um, you know, pieces of, of LED art. Frank, just from your experience in, in, in talking to, to building owners and, and being in these types of situations, is the, is the accessibility of LED kind of growing? Do, do more people feel like, Oh, this isn't something that is, you know, exceedingly expensive. This is something that I could easily obtain. And there are options here. Like you mentioned, uh, size, you know, the placement of it, what you can put on it, that there's a higher accessibility for LED these days, which is, you know, kind of driving a lot of interest in it. Yeah, I think the accessibility is, uh, is helping, right? And uh, multiple countries of origin. Um, I think it's really important to have the correct vision um, and to, uh, as an industry and, and as a, um, you know, manufacturer, vendor partner, or just vendors, or even from a consulting level, um, you know, get these in front of, of people that are designing spaces, right? Make it easy for them to calculate you know, what an LED might cost, right? So we use a couple different um, documents internally uh, that calculate a, a landed square foot cost for LED. Um, and we have that for different size pixel pitches. Uh, we have one for curves versus not curved, uh, and then we have some that have content pricing involved in that too. So um, as you're working with uh, a building team uh, early on in the stages, you can talk on a, on a square foot level of, of what an LED might cost to do that um, kind of in a good, better, best scenario. Mm -hmm. uh, we find that helps to get us in early in the budgeting stages and uh, use a consultative approach after that uh, to get them what they really need. Absolutely. Ryan, you were mentioning just that ability to have something that is immersive, having that immersive content, right, over just static, static art, things like that. So tell me about the value that that provides for these types of facilities, for these buildings, and, you know, how that translates down to their tenants as well. Well, yeah, content is, what do they say? Content is king. I mean, what you put on there is really the magic of it, right? And to, to piggyback a little bit with what Frank just said, I, I think it's it's what, six years ago, four millimeters was the best pitch we were putting inside of a lobby, right? So the resolution was a four millimeter pixel pitch from dot to dot. 
And now we're seeing 1.2 millimeter being a hot spot. It was 2.5 a couple of years ago. Now it's going down to 1.5 and 1.2 in lobbies. So the resolution's getting better. The picture is getting better. We're, we're seeing places with content where they might just put a live feed in there if the World Series is on so they can the people can come down and watch the World Series going on our game or whatever, you know, and, mm-hmm. and help an attraction, right? So when you have attraction and people are coming from all over the globe just to get this experience because they're enamored by 80-foot walls that they're put in, right, and, and by 10 feet high, but you're getting... 800 square feet of LED in there that's seamless, that's playing music and giving audio with it, you're, you're attracting their attention. I don't want to say people are bugs, but it's almost similar to when you have that light in the backyard and you always turn it on and you see that fly going to it, right? But people are engaged by a big light. It's when you're going to that sporting event or whatever and you see all the LED that's in there, but that's not what the experience is when people are going to work every day. And, and that's really the million-dollar question I'll always go back to it is what experience are you trying to get out of this? You can get interactivity where now you're getting augmented reality. And this is the magic that Frank and their team come up with all the time where they can figure this stuff out and, and put that magic behind the displays, right? And um, I think that augmented reality is where you might walk up to it and you might be wearing a robot suit or something when you're walking past. Interactivity when you're walking past and it changes the content and it moves the bubbles all around that's on there. Whatever, whatever you want to put in. I've said it before, content's infinite. And you can hit whatever you want to do with it. And that's that's the beauty of everything that you're doing with this here. So those have been some buzzwords um, that, that have some some have come to life and, and some haven't. Um, we like to use gesture based art, um, which is you know, some interaction by the user uh, has some reaction by the technology. So it, it brings the user to be part of the physical space they're in. So that has been wildly successful in multiple environments. Um, you know, we are starting now uh, using not only gesture based, but in our post COVID, current COVID environment, uh, looking at ways to, to do other things with, with these LEDs um, from temperature scanning to, you know, statistics, charts, um, and even uh, proximity detection, you know, for um, social distancing and things like that. So have some really fun things in the works right now with some different um, think groups. Uh, as well as some architects and some building owners uh, right here in, in my own local market that we're, we're going to be looking at some creative ways. And, and unfortunately, I can't elaborate on it most more than that. Yeah, I got to keep the secret sauce under wraps. No, I get, I get that. I get that for sure. But, you know, Frank, if somebody is listening to this and they're thinking, okay, great, like you can do all these awesome things with, with LED and that's, that's fantastic. But I don't know where I would start when it comes to creating content or having content or, you know, what I would actually put on these walls. How, how do you kind of help with that process? What does that look like? Yeah, so kind of our company philosophy has always been um, technology to, to solve an application, not technology for technology's sake. So aside from the real estate and, and financial teams that are going to pay for this, Um, You know, you look at how it's going to be managed um, and you look at what the overall vision of this project or of this space is. Um, And sometimes there is a creative director involved from that firm or a C-level executive who has some kind of vision um, or a developer who has a vision for um, whatever subdivision or building or tower they're, they're working on. Um, and then, you know, you consult the best of breed in the industry. So, you know, we work with five or six content companies, storytelling, digital art companies uh, as an extension of ourself. Um, and we storyboard kind of what the what the asks are of the client 
and within what budget range can we do what and at what refresh cycle and that you know what are our payment variables and that that is custom right so that takes time so you know we find the average timeline to come up with something truly worth you know viewing or experiencing here uh, is is six months or greater six to nine months that there are multiple integration pieces to that but yeah it, it's finding a partner that, that specializes in that kind of storytelling Absolutely. And, you know, I'm, I'm a huge sports fan, so I'm along the lines of uh, if, as Ryan mentioned, the World Series is just showing on the uh, on the LED, I'm, I'm always going to be happy with that. But, you know, I know that there's there's other applications there. So, Ryan, what are some uh, maybe examples of ways that this has been deployed successfully that you can point to and, and say, man, like this was an awesome project that we were happy to be involved in? I know you probably can't say company names and, and that sort of thing, but do you have, you know, an example of one where you would say like, hey, this this deployment was really cool and we... we you know, uh, hold this up as like a standard. Um, I, I know Frank, uh, we, we just worked on one over there. Can we say the name, Frank? Yeah, that's, yeah, you can go ahead. <laughs> I just want to make sure. Sharon View Federal uh, Credit Union, right? And um, the display was huge. It was approximately eight and a half feet wide by 22 feet high. Um, I mean, that's all about attraction leading up the stairs there. It's, it's a beautiful display. Sometimes displays are used, like I said, to attract people, but to make them look up and see like maybe an open office space or something, right? And that's what these do. And it's, it's to keep relevant. I think that's one of the biggest things. A lot of it is relevance. Mm-hmm. Whether or not your friend is a sports fan, you know, no one's inviting you over their home to watch the Super Bowl on a tube television or a projection screen anymore. You know, everyone's got a flat screen because you have to have a flat screen. And we're finding the same in, in, in a lot of these commercial environments is that, you know, when you walk into a lobby that's that's nothing but heavy woods and brass and fountains and, you know, tile from, from other decades, it doesn't look current. And, and as people look to uh, capitalize on office space, you know, which is usually one of their biggest line items on a financial report is that they want to be into a current space. Uh, they want to attract the right kind of talent. They want to attract the right kind of uh, customer. And they you know, want to have some pride in where they work. So um, in the example you noted, it was a little bit of all of that. May or may not have been a, a driving technological application-based need other than looking current and showing that while competing with other firms within the industry, they also had some technology vision and, and ways to deliver that for their users. I was rewatching Die Hard recently, right? And it's all set in that office building setting. And, you know, I'm, I'm hearing you guys talk and I'm kind of thinking if they were to redo Die Hard, remake Die Hard, which would, they, would, they shouldn't do. But if they were to do that, I'm guessing that the, the lobby would look a lot different, right? In that movie, that, that office building is new. You know, it's still under construction and there's fountains all over the place. There's brass, kind of like what you're talking about. But I'm guessing if they were to remake it, that, that lobby would obviously look much different. It would be current. It would have LED boards, right? It would have LED walls showing immersive content like what you guys are describing. So I, I think you're absolutely right. Just that current aspect of it is a, is a really important thing. Man, speaking of Die Hard, at least those explosions would be a lot bigger. But no, that it'd be it would definitely give some bigger explosion for it for the bucks. So it goes to another vertical too that I know we've all worked in a lot too is higher education. Same thing. They're they want to make sure they're recruiting best talent, right? Recruit, recruit, recruit is it. So if they're not progressive enough, they're gonna the kid that's doing the recruit that's getting recruited is gonna go to the other university that has the right technology and that same kind of line of thinking. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No, that, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. And you know, for your tenants, when guests come into the building, you want those guests also to be wowed by the building itself. Right. So for your tenants, there's, there's a value added thing there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's put it in perspective. How many TVs are in everybody's home right now? Right. And when they leave their home, the last thing they want to do is watch, like see a TV. Right. But if they see something big and it attracts their attention, it's bright, it's light and it's giving them that it could be, it could just be showing TV. It could be showing content, but that's going to grab their attention more. Similar mm-hmm. in the transportation industry, right? If people are going to walk past the TV because they're so blind of seeing them all the time. They don't want to look at that. But if you have a big display, oh, there's my flight information right there. Oh, I have 10 more minutes. I'll go shop or whatever. You know, it's my flight uh, aboard. Same kind of thing, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So Frank, I want to talk a little bit about financing. What, what kinds of options are available in that realm? Um, if that's something that people are thinking about. It's really endless. Okay, so you know, obviously, this can be part of a capitally funded project, and this could be part of a an IT uh, budget, uh, or even a marketing budget, or a real estate budget for maintenance and repairs. If it's you know retrofitting something uh, later, so we do we do see them under a capital expense. Um, we've had a lot of success with technology leasing, um, as well as uh, audiovisual as a service. Um, you know, that allows the client to amortize the cost of these. I won't call them rather expensive because it's uh, subjective uh, to the buyer, but it allows them to amortize those costs over the cost of the square foot of the building. You know, as you would come up with your rental cost per building for a tenant, you're able to use this as a capital improvement to the project or the property and match your payables, right? Your your payment on this video wall or LED wall uh, with your receivables, which are your rents. Um, and when you divide out, you know, with this cost of, of, of this technology or this um, improvement to your property is in that manner, you're looking at cents per square foot, maybe dollar, maybe multiple dollars, right? Depending on the real estate market. Um, so you, we find some folks are able to do that. They're able to lease it or they're able to finance it as part of a initial building cost. Um, we also find out there's ways to, this is the best part, create revenue. Um, you know, if you have a, a piece of real estate where, you know, thousands of people pass by every day, uh, whether it be internal to the building uh, or external on a main drive or a main um, thoroughfare, um, there are people that are willing to pay to advertise in that space. And that may be tenants, that may be others. Um, so you're able to look at some advertising revenue. Uh, we've seen that in a number of our applications. And also, uh, you're able to look at it as a as an additional selling feature to your building, right? Uh, offering your tenants the ability to welcome their clients uh, to the building, or maybe offer or promote their services. Those have all been really successful, creative ways to, to pay for these in different ways. Um, and the, the third being uh, grants. Uh, there are grants from uh, many local municipalities across the country for digital arts and arts and things like that where you know you may qualify for for this as as some portion of an art grant for improvements to the city uh, or municipality that is really interesting um and and just all of the various options that that are available in that realm and uh, what are some other maybe considerations that people should be thinking through when it comes to uh led boards when it comes to you know power and how it fits into a space and things along those lines what what can you speak to uh, when it comes to those types of considerations yeah so you know i always say consult an expert it doesn't have to be us it doesn't have to be ryan 
Um, but all LED is not created uh, equal. Uh, there are a couple major manufacturers that actually, you know, batch and create the LED um, and source it from whatever country of origin. Uh, that can become very important of something of this magnitude later. Um, it's probably not as important in the rental and staging realm because uh, you can tear it, you know, set it up, tear it down. Uh, but when you look at permanent fixed installations, uh, the, the reputability of the companies, um, the country of origin, uh, how they source their materials, um, how they su supply and service those materials, uh, their local or U.S.-based uh, sales and, and uh, service staff, extremely important. The other part of that is, you know, infrastructure and planning of something like this. Um, how does it attach to to the building or the super or the substructure of, of a building? How is it cooled? What are its effects on other parts of the building? Um, you know, heating and air conditioning loads, electrical loads, um, local ordinances uh, for light emission uh, or life safety systems. Um, another one we find is, you know, how is it cooled? Is it convection based cooling where where it's going to uh, take hot air through the bottom and, and release it through the top. Uh, where does it release that air? Uh, is it, you know, is it clean air? Is it in a certain kind of space that, that you can't have uh, that? Uh, or does it require forced air? So, you know, as you consult an expert, they can kind of give you the pros and cons of, of different manufacturers that are out there uh, and, and what the uh, net effect is on your construction and, and um, structure that they need to provide. Yeah, I want to just piggyback on that. I think one of the biggest things is, too, the earlier the better, right? Mm -hmm. The earlier the better in the design is when, like Frank just said, these lead times could be six months because you might go through a redesign, you know, 14, 15 times to get it to the right, you know, level for them and where we need to be because it, it could be recessed in a wall. It could be on top of the wall. It could be hanging, you know, it could be a floor stand um, on it. But getting involved early is always the best solution no matter what in this industry. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a really good word of advice um, just when it comes to preparation and just how to be thinking through a project like this. And Ryan, I'm, I'm curious just from your perspective, you know, why is it so important to work with integrators like Scenario who do such a good job? You know, tell me a little bit more about the importance from your perspective at Unilum and, uh, you know, to work with an integrator like, like Scenario. Well, yeah, that's that's a great question. We only work with integrators. We don't ever go direct to the end user. And our, our main goal is to be partners, right? Because they they are the ones that put the magic in. They're the ones with that design behind the building or behind it, right? We, we all come together creatively and collaboratively to design these together. And you have to have good teams with you to work collaboratively because these just don't get put up. Like I said in the beginning when I talked about, we just want we just want digital signage. Is that just a TV with a with a computer, a PC on the back, putting a PowerPoint, or is that you know full out design and you want an experience? And that experience takes a team, and that's why I think it's it's important. Like when we work with Scenario, it's a team and it's a collaborative opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. Not one person is over anyone. It's together. How do we make this work so we can get that experience that that end user wants? That that is really important because if you take back when I said earlier, the better. It's like when you go into the architectural world, they're the ones building a building. Well, these buildings just didn't get built because the guy said, I want a building. They have intimate conversations and LEDs become very an intimate conversation. It's not as transactional anymore. So when it's when it is that way, you have to have that team approach and working with them has been, been really fantabulous. We appreciate it. 
Absolutely. And, and Frank, on the other side of that, you know, what has been, um, you know, as an integrator, what do you enjoy about working with Unilum and, and what they provide? Yeah, it's, you know, it's important. We, we tend to be the feet on the street post-sale. Um, there are normally other things uh, aside from just a display, right? And that could be um, different sources of content. It could be the content creation. It could be audio. Um, it could be other things that you need to do or interact with the wall. So bringing it all together. Um, Unilumen, you know, really is, is, is how they source their material. You know, they're one of the largest providers of, of OEM-based LED. Um, in the market, uh, their U.S.-based sales and support. Um, as a as a company, we found you know we've started to limit our core partnerships to three or four LED manufacturers. Um, some have uh, competitive advantages over others in certain applications. Unilumen tends to check most of the boxes for those as well. Um, but it's really in the service and the support. Um, you know, I can't think of anything worse than having a, a thousand square foot you know, video wall down in a public place because, you know, you're waiting on support from another country that could be, you know, days away, weeks away, months away, or sitting on a ship somewhere. So Unilumen has been great for those. Uh, they offer some creative solutions for, for mounting, um, some cost competitive uh, products, as well as some high-end products uh, that, that fit some different niches for us. So that's uh, been a good partnership. I want to piggyback on that because just to close it out with the when I, when I when we work with architects, the things we hear all the time, Frank and I, we're, you know, they always say, well, they did, they left us, we never saw them again, or they did the they did the job, it came late, or they changed orders up at the wazoo. So, our whole our whole goal is to make sure that we all partner with the same kind of mentality that we're never going to do that, right? We're going to be there for the customer and we're going to service it, but um, that's that Frank can't Frank can hit that nail any harder in the head that. That is really important is that post-sale service and Frank's team does a fabulous job at it. Absolutely. Well, uh, guys, this has been a, a really great conversation. I feel like it's been um, highly informative and educational just about what's going on in the, the LED market when it comes to corporate lobbies and spaces like that and, you know, just the various options that exist. And so, Ryan Wilhelm from Unilumen and Frank Molesky from Scenario. Guys, thank you so much for joining me here on the podcast today. Thanks for having us. And uh, thank you for having us. I hope, hope everybody found some, some use in it. Absolutely. And everybody, thank you so much for listening to The Direct View, a podcast by Unilumen. We appreciate you listening today very much. Of course, we'll be back soon with more episodes. But until then, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts these days, to make sure you are stay up to date and get the latest coming from Unilumen. I've been your host today, Tyler Kern. Until next time.